I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course follow the group, at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by my old buddy, my old pal, at Brian Peacock NFL. What's going on, Browsef? <laughs> That's very, uh, it's a different flavour to that introduction this week. Uh, linebackers. I love linebackers. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay. Um, so this one I've been waiting for, and there's some great names that spring to mind straight away. Not only just uh, the modern day players, and the 60s, but we had great linebackers playing in times where we had not so great teams. And they impressed me almost more than those great linebackers that were on great teams, um, just because it must have been so, so much harder, I guess, to achieve what they did when they didn't have necessarily the talent or the coaching talent or whatever it was that, that held the team back around them. So it's been an interesting one for me and there's been some some good names come up. I've learned again, learned more and more about players that I were aware of, but I, I learned more and more about them. And I heard some interesting stories as well about other players that played with them. Um, and there's a couple of funny bits that came out of it. So certainly going to be a, a good discussion. This one again, as always. Um, let's see if we can agree on something. Well, do we tell the people after that minute and a half intro what the hell this podcast is all about? <laughs> so this is the all-time... Look, people have been listening now long enough on a Thursday to know that this is the all-time UK pack on well, a Thursday night. Right now, right now. We might have some new listeners because we were on uh, the NFL show on TalkSport 2 with Nat Coombs. Great show. Great people. Mike Carlson's on there. Nat Coombs is on there. Love and uh, had the UK Packers on to wax lyrical about all things Packers. So if you're joining us for the first time, how are you? I'm at CDD NFL. I usually do a squeaky intro. I held off because one of my mates gave out to me, but did he? Give out. Finally got some stick. Yeah, he says, uh, "What's with that?" And then he said, "This was late," and he's, he has a tendency to, you know, have, like a few beers. And he says to me, "I can't even remember like what." Like a it was. great bloke. Yeah, he is right. He actually came to Green Bay and uh, with us. He's not a Green Bay fan and got so pissed that he never actually made the game or the tailgate or the Hall of Fame tour or anything. So he basically just flew all the way into Green Bay from Ireland. Uh, actually, he was coming down from Canada, but he is from Ireland. He's made him in from Ireland and both of them. Because I was trying to wax lyrical and say, look, the Irish, the paddies, they're not into the drinking. They're not going to miss it. Don't worry. Stop stereotyping us. And at a three paddies, I went because, you know, I was the one who was leading the trip in your absence over there. And the other two paddies didn't even make the game because we're so pissed and they don't even remember what happened. So um, anyway, he says to me, that he listens the odd time to the podcast and he says, what the hell is that squeaky thing all about? And he said, go on, send it to us in a uh, in a message there. Let me hear it again. And I said, I'm not ripping it off at this time of night. He said, I don't know. I didn't say you ripped it off somebody. You wouldn't be that stupid. Just, you know, record it and send it to me. I was like, oh my God, he's drunk again. He's drunk. <laughs> Doesn't understand what I'm saying. So this is the all-time UK Packers team. Go back and listen to the previous podcast. We've been through running backs, quarterbacks, and we picked some people you might not have imagined. And every week we say the same, don't we, Rhino? This is the hardest one ever. Linebackers, mm-hmm. one of them was easy, and we kind of alluded to it last week. But the rest of them, there were so many to pick from, really. And I'm interested to see who you came up with. Was it a golden oldie? Was it someone more recent? Are you going to give any clues, or will we just start with the main man himself? Look, all I will say is, yeah, they've been difficult every week, but I actually feel like the linebackers pretty much... We've got three positions, remember, because we, we picked a 4-3. Mm. So we've got three positions at linebacker and we'll pick some backups. But I feel like this is the first week where I've gone, well, it's there. One, two, three, done. 
Really? Yeah. And and I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to trying to be different or. But yeah, I think there's three names that almost pick themselves. Now, there's other guys I want to talk about for sure. And it would be interesting to see who your guys are and see if they match up with the guys that I'm going, yeah, they're the three guys. Hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think we had three names on my sheet very, very quickly. And then I, for the sake of obviously making this a discussion, otherwise it'd be pretty pointless to just come on and go, yeah, so I picked these guys and uh, they're on the team. See you, later ne- see, see you next week. Be pretty pointless. So did look at some other names and there were some guys that come up and they, they, they certainly make a good argument for getting on the team. So I'll see if you can convince me. I'll see what the listeners can say. Um, and I'll see if I change my mind. But at this point, I've almost already got my three guys. I was like that. Do you know what? The way I, st- I started off as kind of a negative. I was like, Clay Matthews, you know, he's kind of wore on me a bit lately because his stats have gone down and that's, you know, maybe it's the it's the BJ Raji effect where if you use someone in the wrong position or a position that they're not comfortable with or adept at, not even adept at, but just, you know, what they're not, where their highest talent level is, is that obviously the mm-hmm. production's going to go down. And that's that's what, uh, kind of what I've seen from Clay Matches. And then I look at the amount of money he's earning and I'm like, I'm not going to go with the recency bias that he's going to be on. And even though I do remember the good times of previous years. And then <laughs> I, I picked the three dudes and then I go like, all right, let me have a look at Clay Matthews' stats. And I'm like, dear Jesus, why isn't he on? I have to put him on. So I still don't know at this point whether he's going to be on. And I hope you and the fans out there will help me usurp somebody else with Clay or maybe have him as a backup. I'm not sure. But Rhino, let's start with Ray Nitschke. I'm guessing he's top of your list here. Yeah, well, we put the poll out. Um, and the names I put on the poll uh, were Bill Forrester, Tim Harris, Dave Robinson, and then others for, for, for everyone to state their own. Yeah. Um, and I did put on there, apart from Ray Nitschke, who are you picking? Because I think Nitschke is the guy, since the start of this, we knew 66 was going to be in the team. Uh, now, I don't know, we may look at these other players, and we may decide that somebody pushes Nitschke out of the team. But I think more than likely, he's on the team. Yeah, He joined the Packers in 58, um, and he spent quite a few seasons with the Packers to say the least and he became would you could you almost say the face of that defense during those years um he had a huge impact on the team uh a, a, one hell of a story as well I, w- I was watching Jerry Kramer talk about him and this is something I didn't know about Ray Nitschke and this is why I really love doing this series at the minute he went through a pretty tough childhood uh, to say the least, his father died when he was three years old. Okay, as if that's not bad enough, he gets to eleven years old. His mother dies. He's growing up in Chicago. You know, he's he grows up in like the toughest of environments because of all those things going on. And then actually, again, Jerry Kramer carries on as he says that by the time Reynichki really sort of gets cemented in the team and sort of finds himself. Uh, he, he even quits drinking at one point, and he said he just becomes this fantastic person off the field. And he actually describes him as off the field, he was kind, loving, polite. You know, and I'm thinking, not, not the words that I'd associate with Reynitschke, but I, didn't, I don't know him off the field. I didn't play with him. I didn't obviously know the person. Um, but he does sort of quite clearly quite quickly, sorry, clear it up. And Jerry Crest says, but on the field, he was still the junkyard dog. And I just think... 
there's there's so much more for us to learn and know about Ray Nitschke. And I think after this, um, over the next couple of weeks, I'm probably going to try and try and read more about him because I think there's a hell of a lot more to his story mm. than than what I already know. Well, he has a book out, um, so that'll be interesting reading, definitely for for someone I don't read to books. find out more about Ray Nitschke. Uh, not for you, maybe an audio book, or maybe I can read it to you when I tuck yeah. you into bed at night. As you said, yeah, like what a tough upbringing. I love that Jerry Kramer calls him the junkyard dog and he just always calls him the junkyard dog. <laughs> but he didn't always have that moniker. They also call him the judge, which I'll get onto in a second. Yeah. Uh, lost his father, uh, as you said, uh, in a car accident, which was tragic. And then his mother died of a blood clot. And before the Kardashians were calling their kids, Kim, Kendall, Kylie, Kicker, Kaki, Kuki, Kuka, whatever... Uh, the Nitschkees were doing it back in the day so his brother Robert and his other brother Richard and him Ray his brother Robert and Richard decided to raise him so they were 21 and 17 respectively Rob and Rich and they said screw it we'll just raise him so in high school didn't give a damn in college didn't give a damn they said he used to fight at the drop of a hat Uh, he drank heavily he smoked heavily uh, but he was tough as nails like you know, growing up, he used to just... Anybody, if you looked at him sideways, he'd kill you. And even Jerry Kramer says that about when he came to Green Bay. Because he was drafted in 58, and that's when we see the likes of Jim Taylor being drafted, uh, Jerry Kramer being drafted. But he sat on the bench till 1962, till Vince Lombardi came in. He was kind of a bit part player. And he was meant to be... And I don't mean this in a... Well, it's, it is how it is. He was a bit of an arsehole. You know, like, he just used to give out to people. He was unapproachable. He, you know... I think Jerry Kramer says some phrase like when you go by him you make sure you have your helmet on because he was going to give you a chew and you know like he just seemed like he just had no time for anybody and Vince Lombardi came out himself and said that after he got married he, it seemed to soften him up so he married and he had kids but what struck me about looking into him was he actually played quarterback in college and then when there was a load of injuries he was moved to fullback and then of course that was back in the era especially during his college days that if you're on offense and you suffered an interception or whatever, obviously you play defense and that, you know, try to get the ball back, but then you just stay on and just play defense. So he was a linebacker and he's meant Mm -hmm. to be adept at it. But Ryan, he's another one of these guys who strikes me that really good on defense, probably because he can read the mind of a quarterback because he was one. You know, and we've seen that with wide receivers and the chemistry that some wide receivers have with their quarterbacks. And that's mostly because, like, I think, isn't uh, Julian Edelman, even though he's, like, you know, same size yeah. as me, he was a quarterback at one stage. Uh, Edelman, Amandola, I think all of these dudes, all, you know, which strikes me because they're so diminutive, but uh, they were quarterbacks at one time. That's the way he was. They call him the judge, apparently, because he used to just... They said he spent more time on the bench than, than a judge would. Yeah. So they call him the judge, and that used to piss him off. And I like that. If, if you look into his life, there's a few defining factors. Like, one of them was... Uh, I think... I don't know where I read it. It was... He was um, in college on a football scholarship, but back then, that wasn't seen as the cool jockish thing to do. People kind of hated you because they saw he's kind of a bit of a dumbass. But when he was in... Um, it might have been high school, might have been college, I can't remember... But he wasn't eligible uh, to play as an athlete. He ended up just flunking in class, so he wasn't actually eligible to play as an athlete. And he said that that was one of the defining moments in his life. He's never been so embarrassed, so he knew to try bring the grades up. He did. Um, but I find that with Ray Nitschke, the stats are there. You know, 25 interceptions in his career. He was the MVP of the 1962 championship game. Uh, he got two fumbles and deflected a pass that someone else intercepted. Uh, he led the defense with nine tackles in Super Bowl two. You know, he's the head of all the leaderboards. He has a field named after him, a bridge named after him. 
Um, and again, there's that lovely story, and I'll stop talking now. I just do love the guy. Of I think who is it? It's Ron Wolf. I think said that he met him and that he saw Ray Nitschke's fingers were all bent in bits when he was having dinner with him. Um, and he said to him, Ray, what happened to your hands? And he goes, that's from sticking it in bear's face mask. So, you know, he was into that whole thing and he just jammed his fingers into a bear's face mask as he gouged him out of it. It was, you know, he'd take no prisoners uh, on the 50th NFL anniversary team and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well and he's, you know, selected the Pro Bowls and all the rest of it. So he has the on-field credentials. He has the heart. He has the kind of, you know, tough guy turned soft off the field that you kind of feel well, happy for him. But This is the thing. While you talk about toughness there, though, I came across another story about he was at training one day uh, and on the training field, Vince Lombardi used to have a tower set up, right? So he could look down on training and see the guys. Uh, and this one day, Vince wasn't up on the tower. He was, he was on the field with his guys. But Ray Nitschke was stood over by the tower and the tower blew over and landed on top of Ray Nitschke, right? Yeah. So much so that there's even a photo on the on this story, and there's a hole in his helmet where a bolt on the framework literally pierces the top of his helmet. And apparently Vince and some of the team, they come running over, and they're, they're shouting, somebody's under the tower, someone's, someone's under the tower. And they get there and they go, oh, it's, it's all right, it's Ray Nitschke. And that yeah. was it. And nobody seemed too fussed, apparently, no. because it was Ray, and Ray can deal with that. You know, just a tower falling, I'm in training. It's kind of, oh, it's just Ray, he'll be all right, he'll, he'll dust himself off. But there's literally a hole in his helmet where a bolt, bolt cracks on his head. So to define toughness, that's it right there. He can have something fall on top of him, and his teammates go, ah, it's Ray. And you know what? That was that was led by Lombardi. He said, who is it? And then they were like, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's Nitschke. And he was like, ah, leave him, it's fine. But they have that yeah. uh, helmet in the Packers Hall of Fame. So we're going to see it when we go over for week one. They yeah. ha- And it shows they have a sort of circle. They have that hole in the helmet. Now, apparently it didn't go into his head or, or pierce or whatever, but it just kind of shows he dusted himself off. But he's one of these guys. He's like uh, Peyton Manning, um, Otto Graham t- to me that he just... Even he probably looked about fifty years of age at age ten. You know he was bald. Yes, he looked ancient. Even when you look at him on the field practicing, the, pitch, like, the pictures of him as a rookie. Yeah, he you know he has as much as hair as I do on my head, and he, yeah. you're right. He looks like a middle aged man, doesn't he? Um, it's it's from the heavy smoking but, and drinking. I'd say Ryan is probably what took its toll on his face, um, and just that toughness of fighting the whole time. The guy was tough as nails. He sure was. And I think as well, you you named some great players there like Otto Graham and so on and Jim Brown and those sort of names. And I feel like Ray Nitschke has that sort of thing, not just for Packers fans, but when people talk about great ex-NFL players from from throughout time, since football was a thing, Ray Nitschke is one of those guys. And that jersey number 66 is one of those guys that would come up time and time again with those sorts of names. Yeah, and he's again, he's fascinating. I know we mentioned that, but the fact that he softened up. And I like to, if you look at the, just the chronological order of his life, uh, he married in 1961, drafted 1958, married 1961, became a starter in 1962. So I'll just sort of show you, he, he moved from the judge to the husband, effectively, and the player, because he came a, became a full time starter then a year after he got married with Lombardi saying, um, you know, that he credited his wife with it. But a few quotes that I've seen from Nitschke himself that he was chasing perfection and excellence. It sounds very like a Vince Lombardi mm-hmm. quote. So they kind of go yep. hand in hand. I'm sure that kind of quote from Nitschke was taken almost from Lombardi and that he settled down a little bit in his personal life. You know, the fans loved him. You could see the banners up and apparently, according to Jerry Kramer, he really embraced that. Some of the sights that you see of him, I mean, you know, there's a, a bit of tape that I've seen where he catches... Um, he intercepts the ball and you see him limping down the field I think maybe that was the game against New York 
I'm not sure. Uh, so it goes to show his physical toughness there. Um, and as well as that, one of the quotes from Nitschke himself is that he played every down as if it was the last down. So that kind of struck me as very like Brett Favre where, you know, he's out to have, well, not Nitschke in particular, but Brett Favre was out to have fun. But when you hear him talk about that, he played every down as if it was his last, you know, Nitschke was doing that uh, back in the 60s. Uh, mm-hmm. Number retired in 1983. That was number 66 and died uh, in 1998 of a heart attack. I think he was, mm-hmm. from the story I've seen anyway, I think he was driving with his daughter in the car when he had a heart attack. He was going to see relatives. Um, and He was only 61, I think, when he died. So in the year he died, they named the old Main Street Bridge in Green Bay. They rebuilt it, and they renamed it the Ray Nitschke Bridge in the same year he died. Yeah. Uh, so it was a nice, fitting tribute to the man. Sure, so many, so many great stories, and I definitely would encourage people to go and read more and more about him if, uh, if, if you... If you don't know about him, uh, quite simply, you should do. Mm. Uh, and go and read about him because it's always interesting. And, and I feel like it's with any of these old players, the more you read about them, another name comes up, you uncover something else, and it, it just goes on and on and on. It's brilliant. So let's get Nitschke in the team because I think we're set on it. I don't think uh, any of our followers are going to disagree with us. No. Um, but I do want to just bring in some of the followers' opinions here. Tom Malone on Facebook says, I know I'm showing my lack of historical knowledge here, but AJ Hawk was also good for me. Tell me if I'm wrong, but didn't he lead us in tackles during the Super Bowl run in 2010? Well, he's got 628 tackles as a linebacker and actually his interceptions are pretty um his interceptions he had nine so his stats are pretty good anyway four fourths fumbles 19 sacks and i think aj hawk probably doesn't make this team for me but anybody that's listened to these podcasts before knows that i've always been a big aj hawk fan a number of reasons he was obviously picked very high i believe if it was fifth in 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 the draft he was selected in uh, overall and i think because of that Green Bay Packers fans kind of expected something from him that was superhuman. Um, and I don't think Packers fans in general, I don't think felt like they got everything they should have done out of the number five pick. Now, for me, it was very harsh because what did he give us? Well, he gave us years as a solid plug in that hole. And I felt he was a very good player for a number of years. Somebody that was very dependable on um, a huge number of tackles. He also for a lot of those years, was calling the defense. So he was the guy that was calling the the defensive plays um, on the field. And that takes a great deal of um, sort of intelligence to do because not only are you concentrating on the game, what the offense, you've got to tell the whole team what they're doing. And and it's he was the coach of that defense for a lot of it. When he got towards the end of his contracts, uh, or his bigger contracts in Green Bay, I think he was faced with a situation where he may have to leave the team if he wanted to continue maybe trying to get big money. Green Bay weren't prepared to pay him. He had the attitude of, I want to be in Green Bay. This is where I want to be. I think he was even quoted as saying, you know, p- players that want to go off and try and get big money at the, towards the end of their contracts, uh, towards the end of their playing career, sorry, doesn't always end well. And he was had that smarts about him and he would renegotiate his deal, make it easy for Green Bay to re-sign him. He did a lot for the team and I think he was Green Bay through and through and I think he was a really good player. And I hope that Green Bay Packers fans now can look back and, and sort of give him the, the credit that he deserved because I, 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 he is one of my favourite Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I sort of I have this lasting memory of him. First off, about him, how durable he was. I mean, did the guy ever get injured in his career? Like you know, to to a, a degree where he had, he was out for a long stretch. Maybe I'm making a complete arse of myself here, but I, I, it's not something I, I recall. 
Yeah. I'm sure he was injured at some point. I mean, he plays a physical position, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. He always seemed to be on the field. Yeah, and when Clay went down, and when Clay's been suffering more and more injuries, the older he's got, you know, that wear and tear in his body, he stepped in for Clay, um, maybe his last year or second last year, and, uh, you know, we came out with that tweet, oh, Jesus, is that AJ or is that Clay who's just wearing an AJ jersey because he was pretty dominant and um, he was making mm-hmm. teams scared, you know, and that was the twilight of his career and he's still doing well. Now, he's a podcaster and uh, he has his own podcast. He got Aaron Rodgers on there. We tried to get him on, you know, loosely and we might do. Uh, might get him on the podcast, hopefully. But yeah, honourable okay. mention, I think, Ryan, but uh, yeah, yeah, like yourself, I don't think he makes this team. But no. when you were looking for your number two uh, because I hate ranking them one, two, and three, by the way. I think the next two guys for me kind of could be interchangeable. And again, Clay matches on the periphery here. Um, who do who would you vent sort of on your second pick? Not number two, but your second one that you're going to pick. Is it on a golden oldie? Uh, well, the second one, it is an oldie. Um, Scotty Mann, by the way, is giving you some support with Clay Matthews. Uh, of course he is. Um, but he also, yeah, so he, he's, he's with you on that one. I... I don't think Clay Matthews can beat out my other two guys I've got written down. Okay. So one of them, and it, this is in no particular order, but I have John Anderson as my next name. Now, John Anderson, 25 interceptions, okay, 19 and a half sacks. Played on some pretty poor teams, to say the least, right? Yeah. So I think I'm right in saying I, have, I wish I'd written this down, but I'm sure I, I read it. He grew up in Wisconsin. So he was a he was a Wisconsin guy. He was drafted and picked or picked by uh, Bart Starr. So that's kind of cool to be mm. to be picked by a you know a, an all time great someone else that's actually on the team. <laughs> um, you know he he classed himself as an every down player, somebody that played multiple positions within the defense. And, and by that I mean he played obviously the linebacker role, but he he would play nickel and dime and he would play all these different positions and move around. He was flexible, and but he would stay on the field all the time. And he kind of prided himself on that. And this is what I was saying back at the start now is, do you give any more credit to a really, really good player on, on, on a bad team mm. more than you would a really, really good player on a really, really good team? Do, do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. It depends. Like statistics are a pain in the arse because <laughs> one of the records that he has is that he has the most tackles, the most stops in Packers history with 1,020. Now, you can look at that and say, yeah, of course he does because he, he played for 12 years. You know, the only people to, to play for more years per the Packers.com website is Bart Starr, Nitschke, Forrest Gregg, uh, Charles Goldenberg, and Dave Hanner. So, I mean, you know, I can list them and people don't go to sleep and get bored. So, he's been there for a lot of years. He's got a lot of stops. And to go to tackle your question directly, he's on a bad team. And you're kind of thinking, well, then maybe he had to make the stops because the D-line was crap. You know, so he had an awful lot of people getting through there. So, it was up to him to make the stop. Um you know and maybe that's the reason it is and and the fact that he played for so long i don't know it is admirable ryan uh, certainly that a player can play for 12 seasons uh have 25 career interceptions 19 and a half sacks um you know this guy filled in as a kicker uh the most stops in packers history um you know on a really sucky team and yeah. maybe he was able to stand out more because they sucked you know, and at least he stayed durable. That, that's the thing that really stands out for me with this guy. And he, I also had him on my list as well. 
uh, but to look into a pass the stats and to to you know and he look he was a dynamic player as well and he was fairly tough so he he started off I believe playing the 4-3 and then went to the 3-4 then a couple of years later and he was fine with that you know because this guy get to wrap, got to wrap up running backs tight ends uh, he, he saw an awful lot of action in the middle of the field so an absolute hero for me and you know all the interviews you see with him as well he seems like a super nice guy too yeah off the field he certainly seems uh, a good crack even nowadays obviously you've seen him in his uh, interview with Larry McCarron on Packers.com and you can see just to give that a quick shout out Larry McCarron does quite a few video interviews on Packers.com looking at talking to basically the players of yesteryear and, and sort of their stories and, and their memories of the Packers so go on there and check that out um and John Anderson has one where he talks about his career and certainly certainly he, he just comes across well, doesn't he? And I think he's still a, a player that's obviously very, very loved in Green Bay. Um, obviously, he's in the Packers Hall of Fame. You, you would imagine he would be uh, with, with what he did um, on the 80s all-decade team. You know, it, this is a guy who who I think is certainly in with a shout for a spot. But again, like I look at my notes now. I've got him there. The other guy I had, do you want do you want to know that now? Because yeah, I guess this yeah, is because I, I think I see I've already gone back on what I said at the start. I said I had three names. Right. And then already I'm sort of looking back over my stats again, looking at what's in front of me on the screen. And I don't know. Would, am I now considering somebody else against John Anderson? So the other guy I had down as my definite at the start was Dave Robinson. Yeah. OK. Um but then, like with John Anderson, I'm thinking John Anderson or Bill Forrester. And Bill Forrester was a guy I didn't know a great deal about. I'd heard the name, but I didn't know a great deal about. So maybe we can talk about him and maybe he's the guy that can knock out one of my definites. But certainly I think Dave Robinson um, is the next guy to talk about. Uh, he was definitely as well, I think, overwhelmingly the winner on our fan poll. Um, I'm just going to get the latest figures here. So he's got 59% of the vote. Um, so overwhelmingly the the fans choice. And um, I think he's someone as well where if you watch those America's games from the Super Bowl one and two and uh, any sort of and any of the documentaries, the teams at that time, it's a name that comes up again and again. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't know. Like looking at the Dave Robinson stats, I had him down as well. And he's. It was either him or Anderson that I was thinking, you know what, will we pop Clay in there? Because when I looked at Clay Matthews' stats, which I got onto in a second, I was like, Jesus, you know, the, the guy's dominated. Especially because, as of late, I mean, the amount of injuries Clay's picked up has been a bit crazy. But like I said, Dave Robinson, always in every documentary. The one lasting memory I have of this dude is, uh, well, first off, he's still alive, which is great. Second off, uh, and he's from the 1960s Packers. So second off... Uh, he says that line about Lombardi, doesn't he? Something like he treats us all the same way, like dogs. <laughs> so I just love that kind of thing. And he always has uh, him and Jerry Kramer and all the boys that are left always get together and have a good natter uh, about yeah. Vince Lombardi. He just seems as well like he's he's the kind of guy you'd want to hang out with. Yeah. Like even now, you watch him in interviews and he, he just seems very happy, very... I don't... It just mm. seems like he's the kind of guy you want to be around. Yeah. Positive influence and uh, a dynamite player in his time. An mm-hmm. all-pro, three-time pro bowler. Um, got that all-pro selection in 1967. Uh, just looking at some of the stats here. And the best place I went for the likes of some of these old dudes was to go to Packers.com because some of the stuff I was reading, Ryan, is just pure, pure muck out there as well. Like, you know, some of the stuff, the stats that they were giving them, you know, or some articles where you'd read the whole thing 
and it's yeah. basically no stats and we're like yeah so he was just great and you're kind of thinking oh, <laughs> yeah we know yeah. one of the ones again and again to name drop larry mccarran again because this little series he's got on packers.com is really really good and again there's another story in there and i do you know what i always do this especially when we're researching these these players mm. i start doing it and then i watch a video because like i said i don't really like to read so i'll watch a video and sort of take some notes and then that kind of then loads up the next video and then the next video and the next video. And then you're ringing me to start doing the podcast. And I'm like, oh, no, all I've been doing is watching videos. And by that point, I'm so far away from what's actually get, what we're actually talking about. But this was a really cool story um, that came up. So as you said, he was a first round pick in 63, right? But back then, you could also be drafted by an AFL team as well as being drafted by an NFL team. Mm. So... The AFL team, San Diego, draft this guy as well, okay? And he tells the story to Larry that essentially his wife didn't want to go somewhere where it was cold weather. So obviously, <laughs> she wants to go San Diego, yeah. right? So that was it. Basically, he was going to say, you know, Dave Robinson saying to his wife, well, we need to see what, you know, what package we're getting, you know, what, what, what they're going to be offering, and we negotiate the contract. And the wife's like, I'm not going somewhere cold. We're going to San Diego. So that's kind of it. Anyway, turns out San Diego, something something happens. They kind of back out of the deal and they go, right, what we're actually going to do, if you, you sign with us, we're going to trade you to Buffalo. Right? And this is the bit that's quite funny. So his wife had been to Buffalo, hmm. right, and knew it was cold. So she <laughs> said, I don't want to go to Buffalo. We're not going to Buffalo, so we'll go to Green Bay. And essentially Dave Robinson just didn't let on that Green Bay was also pretty cold. So he ends up in Green Bay. And um, so I think his wife had... Uh, a lot of influence on where he ended up. Um, That's brilliant. So as, as as we've discussed before on some of the historical podcasts we did, Steve, uh, we've noticed a lot of the players sort of back in that time, um, Lombardi sort of was quite famous for bringing players in at a position, finding something uh, to maybe mould them into a different position to mould them into and then getting them to excel at that. And Dave Robinson was no different. He, he had played defensive end and tight end at college and maybe that's where the 89 number came from, okay? Because that's obviously it's a bit of a strange number for a linebacker to wear. Um, maybe the tight end position is where he got the 89. So he comes in having played those positions, um, and then he's molded into a linebacker. Now, in his own words, he says there was only three or four linebackers on the team when he joined, and so I'm guessing they were looking for volunteers essentially. And uh, he took his he took his opportunity to play there, um, and he and he obviously had a very good career doing it. But if we want to look at stats and maybe this is where you can maybe now make your case a bit for Clay Matthews. The last two guys we spoke about, okay, John Anderson, as you said, 25 interceptions, 19 and a half sacks. Dave Robinson, unfortunately, previous to recording stats on sacks because they started in 1982, but he got 21 interceptions. I mean, that's unreal, isn't it? 21 interceptions as well there. Um, and there's actually... Uh, a, a nice quote that I found on Dave Robinson, just quickly on his interceptions. San Francisco's head coach at that time was Jack Chris, Chris Danson, as I think Chris, Chris or Christiansen. I, I know I'm going to get killed for my pronunciation of that. And, and essentially he said this about uh, coaching against Robinson. He said trying to pass over Robinson with his arms and his reactions is like trying to pass over the Empire State Building. <laughs> um, so he obviously had some serious presence on the field, but... I mean, they're the stats on those two guys. If we want to break down to just stats, obviously we've had a chat about them. Clay Matthews, impressive stats. 
tell us how he matches up because I do believe there is a, a good argument for Clay here. There is, um, and the best place to get the the stats on on the current dudes is to go to the media guide that the Packers give out. Uh, now again, all you career trolls out there, we, well, there's only one who likes to come in and try prove where we get our stats. And he had a real eureka moment the last day, uh, Ryan, when he saw that the media guide that is given out to the media, to quote, was where we got some of our stats. I mean, shocker. I know, cliffhanger. So Clay uh, Matthews. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's insane. Uh, so these stats are kind of all over the sheet here, all over this dope sheet. So what I'm going to try to do is, is consolidate these into something for your ears. So Clay Matthews leads the, uh, pack, leads the franchise for the most sacks in postseason history. With 11, which is impressive. 11 sacks in the postseason. Last season was his seventh consecutive season where he scored six or more sacks. So that's tied for the second overall with Ahmad Brooks uh, from San Francisco because this isn't only for the Packers. And number one was actually Julius Peppers. So when people used to talk about how dominant he was, we knew that and we knew that he was kind of used as a bit part player. Uh, but he has eight seasons with six plus sacks um, or more. And Clay is just behind with seven. So hopefully... Uh, this coming year then he can you know uh, make it to the number one spot uh, he's tied for number one in team history with 10 sack seasons he's got four of them but uh, I think this is telling as well is that he got those in 2009 and 10 2012 and 2014 uh, so Ryan you know the last two years then he hasn't sort of reached that 10 sack season but I mean that, that's that's very hard to do and KGB is number is tied for number one on that list as well, uh, along with Reggie White. So you'll be happy to hear that because you were pretty stung when he didn't make the D line on a previous episode, right? Sure was, yeah. And his his stats do add up brilliantly. I mean, a mental amount of sacks, uh, and bearing in mind he's still mm. playing, yeah. You know, seventy two point um, five career sacks, which is number two in team history for Clay Matthews. Unreal, isn't it? Unreal. Forced forced fumbles as well. Forced fumbles. 13 I think it is yeah. yeah I tell you I mean this is and of course one pretty important one mm. uh, you know with the words of Kevin Green ringing in his ear so <laughs> I mean he is somebody that our followers have brought up as I said Scotty Mann certainly supports your decision on uh, or, or your your vote for Clay Matthews um, and and really he's very hard to argue with and you have to think of him in his prime as we've said before I think yes maybe there is some sort of evidence, if you like, or, or, or some understanding of people that sort of think that he's diminished as a presence on the field. But I would still say you have to plan for Clay Matthews. You, you constantly see people doubling up on him uh, to guard him. And if they're doing that, it means they can't properly cover somebody else. Uh, the moment they think Clay Matthews is done, you'll see Clay Matthews come right back at it. So he will still cause problems this year. He's... As you've said before, um, he moved to inside linebacker to help the team. Okay, that was never going to help his stats. That was to help the team. Um, so he's certainly in with a shout. Um, and I think he can be firmly on the table. Uh, another guy I want to just give a quick mention to, more for a personal reason, more than, than, than him probably removing any of the guys we're currently thinking about, but that's Nick Barnett, who I think made a big impression with the Packers but just somebody like I said from a personal shout out point of view because uh, I know Nick must listen to us uh, every week of course um, number 56 was the first number I wore when playing playing American football and it, and it was for the very reason that Nick Barnett wore that number he was my 
first, if you like, linebacker hero for me personally. So I wanted to give him a shout out. And he's somebody that certainly had a big effect on the game himself. Uh, 15 and a half sacks, uh, nearly 600 tackles. I think it's 575. Um, so he's certainly somebody that had a had a huge effect on the Packers. Now, I don't think he makes his team, so sorry, Nick, but uh, I just wanted to give him a shout-out. So I guess the only guy we have left to really look at is Bill Forrester. Yeah, so tell us a bit about Bill Forrester then. I mean, why did he pique interest? Because I think what I'm struggling with is Ray Nitschke definitely is in. Dave Robinson and Anderson, I would say, are in. Uh, and maybe Clay is a backup, but by the time we finish this podcast, Clay could be in and... and Mm-hmm. So the, the reason I liked him is obviously, again, if you guys have listened to the historical podcast, you'll know all about the 50s Packers. Okay. Um, Bill Forrester was part of that team. Uh, it was a tough time or a tougher time. Obviously, Vince Lombardi turned up uh, and sort of completely changed things in, in, in the 60s. Um, but in the 50s, things weren't quite so great. And Bill Forrester was with the team from 53 to 58. Um, oh, sorry, he wasn't. I I lied. Sorry. He started with the team in 53, and I think he went on until 63. Um, so he was with the team for quite some while. Um, the stat I had down about 58 was that he simply switched his number, and I just mixed up. So <laughs> just to clear that one up. Um but yeah, so he was a guy that they said that he was a really, really good player in a tough time for the Packers um, and certainly somebody that got much, much better once Vince Lombardi came along. Now, he was already very, very good, uh, but they said there was a, he got even better when Vince Lombardi came along to to, to coach him. And I also like, uh, he was the captain of the defense uh, and had a, had a nickname of Bill Bubba Forrester. So mm-hmm. I quite like that. Anybody that's called Bubba gets a vote from me. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I read uh, in an article that in 2015 he was voted to the uh, PRFA Hall of Very Good Class. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, good oh, old dear. Wikipedia. I, you know, that's the thing. It's, you know, I'd never use it on your Wikipedia, but sometimes it gives you some real gems. But the Professional Football Researchers Association, the PFRA, haven't got any idea who they are, voted mm-hmm. him for their class of very good in 2015. Well, not well, a good look, indictment, he, made, really. he made the Packer Hall of Fame in 74, um, and he never missed a game in 11 years in Green Bay, in 11 seasons in Green Bay. So that's not too bad, is it, really? Um, you know, and I think he was eventually replaced by the guy we were just talking about, Dave Robinson. Yeah. So, you know, it took a, it took a fantastic talent to sort of go from one linebacker of that quality to Dave Robinson. Was, it was quite something. Um, but, you know, all the words come up again with, with all these linebackers. This, the words that you see constantly are intelligent, tough, great leaders, you know, and, and all these words come up all the time, whether it be Dave Robinson, Forrester, Nitschke, Anderson, um, A.J. Hawk, you know, it, all of them. The, the names come up again. The, sorry, those descriptive words come up again and again and again. And this guy's no different. So for me... Those were the, I guess, I had three names on my list. I guess Forrester was the fourth. You've kind of convinced me that Clay Matthews deserves to be in contention. So I suppose we need to start putting some names down on the sheet. Right. Well, what I'll do is then maybe, right, I give my vote. You give your vote. We look what the fans are doing. We try to figure it out. Uh, I'm going Ray I Nitschke. Think, I, think, 
I think yeah. before you, in case you waste your pick, I think the fans have definitely overwhelmingly picked for 59%. I think so. Dave Robinson's in. So then me and you get to decide the other two. Okay. Well, Ray Nitschke's in. <laughs> Has to be like. Of course he is. So which means cool. you're. So is that your pick? Yeah. And now you're going to make me look like the bad guy because <laughs> now I have to pick between. I have to make one of four. And do you know what? We didn't even talk about Tim Harris. Yeah. Tim Harris with his 55 sacks and 420 odd tackles. Mm, he's all over the record books. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm going to make you pick. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it to you. Why not? You did, so I think you did it to me for the running now, back. I have to pick. I probably did, yeah. Um, so I have to pick between John Anderson, Bill Forrester, Tim Harris, which we didn't really talk too much about, so I'm going to discount it on that, and that may be our fault. Um, and Clay Matthews. Pretty tough one. Mm. Right, okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Forrester over Anderson. Oh. And I'm going to... Uh, and I'm going to go now. So now I'm looking at Clay Matthews or Forrester. And I'm going to give you the chance to convince me it should be Clay Matthews. You've got 30 seconds. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you had just a, a bunch of dudes for a job and a girl come in, you might be more inclined to go, let's go for something different. A bunch of girls and a dude comes in, you might just naturally, for no reason, just be kind of biased and swing to something else. Maybe we need to the old guard and someone new to freshen up this all-time team. Maybe we need Clay Matthews because he's all over the history books. Um, you know, he's been to a dumper load of Pro Bowls. He's all over the stats. So I reckon we give Clay a shot and give Forrester and Anderson a good shout for the backups. If that's how we're going to roll. And that might sound dumb and uneducated. I would never say that about you. <laughs> Other people would, but you would definitely not say that about me. Okay. All right, then. I'll tell you what. Let's do it. Let's put Clay Matthews in. And it's because I keep looking at that stat there, 72 and a half sacks. Yeah. And I don't think you can ignore that. No. So I think there's our three then. We're going to go fans choice, Dave Robinson, and great choice. If you had not picked him, that's probably who I'd have gone for. Mm. Um, Ray Nitschke, who I think everybody... You, you went safe pick this week, safe pick. But again, absolute legend has to be in there. So we got 66 and 89, and then we're going to add 52 to that mix, mainly based on the 72 and a half sacks. And there are three. And then our backup two are going to be John Anderson and Bill Forrester. Nice. Agreed? Agreed. I was kind of hoping you'd go, yes, that's right. Because that was kind of a big summary. Yeah. And then there was silence. So I thought I got it wrong. So, yeah, there's our, there's our linebackers. And I have a feeling there's going to be some people telling us we got it wrong. Oh, yeah. What are there? People tell because us we got it Again, it's, it's, an, it's, an, it's another position that's impossible to get right. Yeah. But. So we've made our decision there then. So what else have we got to round up? Anything else we need to need to just clean up before the end of the show? Well, I reckon we should talk about our jerseys because we've had a lot of... Uh, so we have a, an official UK Packers members jersey and we have an awful lot of people who have the two numbers uh, that go up from 1 to 99 and all the people who are over the 99 mark and have the three digit have been wondering how that's going to appear and we can say, Ryan, can't we, that your number is not going to appear as a three digit number on the front because that would look weird. It appears as a two, but can you let us know? Can you tell the people... How that appears. Okay, well, brilliantly, it's been done as 
you get your last two digits and we're getting close to a thousand number it should be said now members wise you guys are, are being awesome you're getting signed up is guys if you're not signed up it's free so why wouldn't you be signed up go and get signed up it literally takes two seconds don't expect an instant number to ping straight back to your produce on the screen that doesn't happen what happens is it pops it into a database and then myself and steve go in uh, we find it and we issue a number manually by email. So don't expect to ping straight back, but go and do it uh, and get signed up. And then what it, what you'll get is the last two digits of your membership number will be your jersey number. So for example, if you are 946, your number will display as 46 on your jersey. But in the top left-hand corner of the four, you will get the words written 900. Okay? So... It'll be discreet. Your jersey will still look like a football jersey, but uh, nice and discreetly, it will say 946 on your jersey. The other thing it will have is in the back of the collar on the jersey itself, you will have your number in full, 946. And every jersey is customised with that. Every single jersey is different. And nobody else can have your jersey. Yeah, that's what I think is important, that this is the most unique piece of clothing that you'll ever have that you'll have in your wardrobe, but also nobody else roaming the planet will have this jersey. No one else can buy your membership number on a jersey, not unless you want to buy it for the missus or the kids or whatever, because uh, we do do kids' jerseys, and that's certainly what I'm going to do. I know I'm saying no one will have it, but your son might have it. Uh, so no one else will have this piece of clothing. It's not like, you know, there's only 10 made in the world and you have one. There's only one, and there only ever will be one, not unless you want to buy a replacement, because that's something, again, that I'm going to do. But my point is is it's unique to you it's completely unique to you so whoever's worried about like oh i don't want to i don't want to be a number you know like that number is super important in the sense that you're on the charter and that's yours for forever and if you're 952 your jersey's going to say 52 you're going to look like clay matches especially if you grow out your hair so it's they look they look cool and again these we call these super custom and they're super custom because they have your membership number emblazoned on the front and back they have your surname or your nickname or whatever you want on the nameplate you tell us. And also they have your membership number on the inside of the collar. Uh, and it's a this is a game style jersey that, you know, Nuola make jerseys for flag teams, for American football teams. These mm-hmm. things are durable. Ryan said last week that, you know, he gets his jersey smushed into the ground, rammed full of muck. He wears it to practice, wears it to training, uh, wears it at game day, and it's perfect. So that's what you're getting, a quality item that will stand up to the test of time, a bit like Ray Nitschke, and uh, it's super custom as well. So get on it, yeah. you know, get on it. It's in the shop now. Sure do. And, of course, when it comes to that fan fanball flag game at the end of the year, we're all going to look pretty sweet wearing them. Yeah. But um, I tell you what, right now uh, we'll decide. Do you know what? I reckon we mix it up. We were going, so we went from defense. We should probably go to wide receiver. But I reckon we pick the number one coach and assistant head coach. And I'm not talking about let's go back and look at the assistants in Packers history. I'm talking about let's pick a coach and another coach to be his assistant. Easy. This time next time is it though? Yep. Is it? Is it? <laughs> we'll soon find out. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. So, well, it's been another good one. Has. Let us know what you think as well. That's the sorry. Just really quickly, we really like to see your reaction to it. So make sure you comment on things. 
try and keep it friendly even if you think we got it wrong but we do like to see your reaction to things so let us know what you think on on twitter on facebook and whatever else yeah post it to postal address (laughs) (laughs) Uh, box yeah so I've been at DDDNFL. Give me a follow. He's been at Ryan Peacock NFL. Give him a follow. Follow the two of us on the group account at UK Packers. Visit the site ukpackers.co.uk to see the selection so far. And uh, hit us up Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud. Uh, yeah. See you. Bye.